to Internet Marketing for Humans, digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Hello, welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host, Andrew Laws, and I'm a human. And today is one of those podcast episodes where I'm fortunate enough to have another human with me as well. So, fellow human, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> Hi, um, Andrew. Yes, um, I'm a fellow human indeed. Uh, you'd be very pleased to hear. My name is Kostas Panagiotu. And um, I'm a I'm a coach. Uh, I'm a psychologist. I'm a musician. I'm just someone who loves uh, human behavior and uh, thinking, and I just love creativity. So all sorts of stuff there. Well, uh, there's quite a lot to unpack there. Um, I think Costas and I are both musicians, and and that's kind of part part of the reason we've kind of bonded and, and spoken in the past. But there's a quite a specific reason I want to speak to Costas today, and we'll come to that in a moment. But. Costas, could you just start off by just explaining how you peep, how you help people, how you help business owners? Yes, yeah, so um, I help them in a number of ways. So I used to be a business owner myself I mean, in the sense that I had a small business which I ran and I was a little bit, um, let's put it this way, overwhelmed, stressed at times and not really sure what to do. So my sympathy, if you are a business owner out there you who uh, runs a business, I'm mostly interested in what I would call solopreneurs. And I guess those are the people, uh, I guess like most of us, who run kind of a small business and they're in charge of pretty much every aspect of the business. I see them as a musician, as a one-man or a one-woman band sometimes, uh, you know, an orchestra where you play all the instruments and, uh, uh, yeah, and you have to be uh, in charge of every single aspect. And the way um, I, I, I would like to help people is because what, one of the things I've noticed, having been a business owner myself, uh, and also having uh, have uh, very close to me other uh, solopreneurs, uh, so to speak, is that uh, very often you know you start with a lot of enthusiasm and uh, a lot of ideas, and you're really strongly aligned to your purpose and you know what you're doing. But after a while, you, you kind of lose a little bit of that, isn't it? Uh, you know, I'm sure some people who have experience or who know someone with a bit like that, where you know uh, the la- they started with a lot of enthusiasm and then soon. Uh, became cash flow forecasts and um, accountants and um, uh, chasing up services here and there and uh, you know replying to an unhappy client and this and then you start to realize you start thinking sometimes well what am I doing this for and that's where I come in it's just really to help you reconnect with your purpose really just to remind you what you're doing this for so the big picture what I call the purpose and the vision the values all that stuff which for me are very important in how you run a business uh, in my view, when this big stuff are aligned with the smaller, if you like, day-to-day stuff, talking about any individual actions you do on a day-to-day um, basis, but also the habits that you develop over a period of time, the goals and the plans you do, whether it's a weekly or monthly or yearly, when all this stuff is aligned, that, that's when overwhelm is far away, that's when stress is far away, that's when you have clarity, and I think that's what we all want, clarity and freedom, of course, the key word in my title as well, because I really believe that all what we, most of us want at the end of the day as business owners is to have that freedom to do what we want when we want it. It's, it's certainly a big part of the appeal, I think, of a lot of people who start their business. But as you say, it, it's quite, not, I wouldn't say easy, but it's, it's almost inevitable that, that once the passion that, that gets you up and gets you started and, and all the fun things like choosing your company name and deciding exactly what path you're going to do. After that bit, when you've got to actually do the work, um, you know, my experience, no, I'll, I'll admit kind of for myself in you know, time gone by, that's the bit that gets really difficult. And 
part of the reason I'm interested in speaking to you today is that I think there's quite a lot of support out there for people with new businesses kind of just starting out and figuring things out. But I don't see so much support for the old, the old, I was going to say the old folk like me, but so I've, uh, <laughs> I've been in business 20 years. So it's, it's, it has been a, a while. And um, I think sometimes people who have been in business a long time, sort of other people can look up to them and say, well, how do you manage to do it? And when I get asked that, the honest answer is I haven't got a clue. Absolutely no idea. It was only exactly. two or three years ago that I, I started working with, um, with my own coach and it forced me to really think about what I was doing rather than just getting by. So, do, so what sort of experience mm. ranges do you work with then? Who do you support? Yeah, it's actually interesting the way you describe it because it's absolutely what I believe as well is that in the beginning, and especially where I live here in Wales, to be fair, there's some fantastic help out there for startups, which I was on the receiving end as well, and I was very grateful for that. And no doubt it's absolutely necessary that you get this help when you get started. And, but as I mentioned earlier, in the beginning, that's actually when the enthusiasm is still there and all. Uh, you know, you still it's still a bit fresh in the mind, isn't it? Because you're still connected to your purpose and all that, and it's very clear why you start. Um, and that can get lost over time. So uh, the people I work with are typically people who have some experience, you know, businesses that are a little bit more mature. And uh, sometimes there are people who just already working towards an exit plan where they're thinking, okay, well, I would love to uh, wrap it up in the next five years, one way or another, whether it's, uh, you know, I managed to sell the business to, to someone else, I just think of my retirement, what else I'm going to do. That's one possibility. Another one is people who have been running the business for a period of time, as you mentioned yourself, um, n without necessarily thinking too much about that working, what I, I like to call working on the business, right? Because we all work in the business. We do that, we do that anyways. Our business, we have to work in the business to, to survive, to, to provide the service. But there's something else also which uh, I guess a lot of business coaches refer to as working on the business, and that is... When you take out some time in the week, maybe an hour or a day or whatever, no matter how much, as long as you do it consistently and regularly, where you actually sit and think of the strat you know, on a more strategic level, okay, you know, why am I doing this for? At this particular instance of my life, what do I want to achieve from this business, really? Do I want to work harder? Do I mind working 70 hours a week? Or actually, you know what, I'd rather like uh, reduce my hours. I guess what a lot of clients tell me, that's always a good starting point. I want to work smarter, they say, rather than harder. <laughs> Don't we all at the end of the day? Um, Meaning I want to work less hours for more money, basically, it, it translates. I, I, I don't know. I, I think in my experience, I almost want to work dumber rather than smarter. I, I want things to... That's a good way. Well, it's true. I, like I, I want things to feel more natural and kind of yes. to, to try and use the skills I have rather than, yeah. rather than trying to develop... I mean, I love learning. It's one of the things that motivates me. But the, the whole work smarter thing, I think, sounds really funny sometimes because it, it, it sounds to me like if I said that, then I'd be accepting the fact I'm not good enough at the moment and I'm ha mm. happy to improve, but I, I, I am enough. It's, it's sorry we're delving the part the part of the issue with this conversation is that that i only found out fairly recently costas that, that you're a psychologist and whenever i make friends with a psychologist i'm always like right all these questions come out of my head and there's all these things i i kind of want to talk about and figure out so i'm, I'm far away Andrew. i'm prepared for it <laughs> I, I, I try not to go too far off track here but yeah so so people people get to the stage then where they 
are just working in the business. They're doing the stuff. I mean, if I just pick a business at random, I was going to start a business once doing pressure washing because I mm. really love pressure washers. I borrow, I, I've, I've got one that I borrowed off my dad and, and I genuinely enjoy going around to my friends' houses and cleaning their patios. So if, if, I, if I said... That's interesting. It's, it's just a fun thing for me. Um, so if that was my business and I was spending 10 hours a day cleaning people's patios then and not working on the business, not developing the business, not just being mindful, I think, about what the business is doing and I was getting burnt out. Um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is what are the warning signs to watch out for and at what point do people come looking for you as someone who can help them? Yeah, a warning size, I mean, it sounds a bit dramatic. It's not always as bad. People are not necessarily falling apart. Sometimes it's just literally come to the stage where, as you mentioned earlier, you know, at some point, like three years ago, whatever it was, you decided, you know what, I need to perhaps, you know, start thinking a little bit more purposeful about the business of what I do. Sometimes it's literally that sort of um, decision that people make. You know what, from now on, I want to work a bit dumber, as you mm. said. <laughs> For instance, <laughs> so with other words, I want to, you know, I don't want to, to wear myself out. I don't want to be working too hard. So before they even get to that stage, they start asking mm. themselves that question. At other times, yeah, it is already, you know what, I see sometimes completely people were worn out and say, you know what, um, I just need to, to do something completely different. I don't know what it is, but something is wrong. Yeah, I don't mm. know, my body um, gives me all sorts of signs. I'm tired. I don't see my family enough. I have uh, strained relationships. Um just giving you some examples, you know, obviously mm. not to, uh, every single thing with every single person. Um, or I just find myself, um, I was at work until 10 p.m. and yesterday until 11 p.m. and that's just not right. And, you know, things like that where people realize, you know, I have to start putting some boundaries. I think part of the issue here as a solopreneur is boundaries, isn't it? Because the business is like your baby, if you like, or your, you know, it's, some, it's part of your personality. I always found, particularly with smaller businesses, the smaller the business, the more your personality is. The business is an extension mm. of your personality, oh, basically. Yeah. And in that sense, it's really you. You take it really personal, and sometimes because of that, the boundaries are kind of difficult to set. Because of course, you start taking on, and your pride comes in, and you start thinking, "No, I want to work really hard to prove to this client, you know, I can do the best possible job." So you end up working in the weekends or until 11 p.m., uh, or you take on something with a half price of what you were supposed to do just because you want to do this particular project. But all sorts of ways, um, you know, people realize at some point, you know what, I can't keep doing that regularly. So I need to find different ways of, um, first of all, I need to enjoy myself, really, because at some point, I think in our lives, in the beginning, the enjoyment, you know, we don't think too much of it because we're still too excited about the business and the potential in our heads mm -hmm. about whether business is going to lead us financially and all that. But after a while, when you start doing it for a while, you start thinking about all these things, right? Okay, I've been doing it for a while. Now it's clearly becoming part of my life, but I want something more, more enjoyment, more joy in my life, more free time, uh, more money, whatever it is. And, and that's really where uh, typically people like me come in just to help you just do that so sometimes it's just a little sort of pushing in the right direction sometimes it's a complete change of rota okay i'm not i'm not happy with how things are going let's sit down and just um, uh, figure out where the issue is and then i'm you know like some people sometimes end up um, changing their career or they change the business to to that extent that the business uh, transforms um, in a for instance from a physical to an online business or in a different sort of way yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I like that you, you emphasised the fact that it's not necessarily people having problems 
that that could do with speaking to to someone like your good self it's sometimes i guess it could just be people who just lose direction and again i, I don't want to focus on the negatives here because there are there are i've got a friend who's a psychologist and a counselor and she said Look, it's not about fixing broken things a lot of the time it's just about having a broader understanding of things so see I'm, I'm very very kind of pleased you didn't say that it's not always all the bad stuff because in, in my very, my own very limited experience it's not so do you i mean do you get people come to you who are kind of very pleased with what they're doing already and just fancy a chat because why not <laughs> i don't know I've, I've, i know some people have been very successful in business will look into absolutely everything. It's not about things being broken. It's about yeah. almost a fear of missing out on on something that might be a useful tool. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And I had people who were actually super successful already doing really well. Uh, but then the issue was something different. For instance, they weren't happy with the way they're communicating with the other team members, if you like, and they wanted to improve that, which is a completely different thing at once, isn't it? So because it takes you in a direction away from the business coaching stuff, more into communication, uh, you know, more into day-to-day -day relationships and that side of thing. I think people can come to a coach for all sorts of issues, as you touched uh, yourself on earlier. Um, and I think at the end of the day, people will do so. I believe our people uh, will have some drive already. They, you know, they spotted, okay, um, you know, either, as I said earlier, okay, things are not done, going entirely the way that I want, or, you know what, things are going well, but they could be even better. I'm quite ambitious, mm. actually. I want to uh, to add something else. I want to, to, to think of the next step. And sometimes life circumstances change, right? And that in itself uh, precipitates this idea, actually, I can use some help now because suddenly I've got extra time so I can start thinking about these things <laughs> I wasn't thinking of before. And suddenly I realized, actually, I would like to, to do more on a strategic level with my business. And I haven't thought of that before, but now I have the time, now is the opportunity. So I need someone to help me doing that. So you're absolutely right. It's not necessarily a negative thing or something really bad that needs to happen before someone goes to a coach. And in fact, if it's, you know, if you have been waiting too long, <laughs> you probably end up going to a therapist, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, because, you know, if you end up, you know, burnout and stress being so high that actually it becomes the main issue in, in, in a threat throughout your life, then it's almost like a you know conversation to be had there. Okay, maybe you know you, I, I should be talking to you more like a psychologist rather than as as a coach first, just to to understand a bit more uh, you know how how you're dealing with this issue because you might need some extra help for that. Um, but you know people are different and they all come for different reasons to to a coach. And I always found uh, the biggest majority of people probably will never go to a coach for whatever reason they either don't have the drive or the reasons of the purpose then don't necessarily feel the need to go to a coach but i do find that those who do they always get something out of it those who were actually driven to walk the coach whether their life is a mess or whether the life is perfect but can be even more perfect taking two extremes here and they always find something to work on and to improve themselves because aren't we all as human beings we are humans you mentioned that at the uh, beginning of this interview, right? And as humans, I think one of the characteristics is that we're not perfect, but we are striving for perfection uh, within our life. We want to become better and better at uh, what we do. Most of us do, and uh, at least those of us who do, we end up working with the coach, right? Yeah, in in, in my very broad experience, uh, I do tend to find it's not only the people who go to the coaches, but the people who like to talk about coaching with other business people. 
And for me, what I've noticed in my own limited experience is the people who have coaches and who are successful also fair, tend to be fairly open to a lot of other things as well. So they tend to be the people who are quite happy to speak to you at networking events. Do you know what? I've just realised in my own head as I was saying that, I think it's generally the successful but relaxed people, I find. Mm. <laughs> I've, spoken to, <laughs> I've spoken to coaches and I, I'm trying to think, I don't think I know yeah. anyone super like stressed and uptight who who goes to who does coaching or counseling uh, for, for that mm. matter yes that's interesting isn't it it is yeah i don't know i don't know what to make of that but it's just something i realized yes. while, I was, while i was speaking to you okay so well i think it, i was just going to say that it makes sense what you're saying because you, you need to you need to be to have a bit of um what's the word mind space just like the, the space and the time to reflect about these things right and if you're so inundated with stress and burnout that you can't even think clearly perhaps you don't think of coaching you know you think i want out you know it's almost like a funnel in which you have um, arrived and, and you just want to <laughs> to get out of the situation and you don't necessarily think how you're gonna do you might go to a therapist or speak to a family member you might just one day just shut your business and go and go sailing or something like that you know um, there's no really right way of doing but yes i think there has to be a little bit of mind space for you to actually sit there, uh, sit down and think about these things in order to to employ a course. You're absolutely right. And I, and I'd say, I mean, just to add to that, I, obviously this this isn't this isn't an, an advert for Costas. Sorry, Costas, <laughs> but it's it, that that will happen naturally. I mean, I, I I like you, and I'm sure listeners will as well. But I, I wanted to have this conversation just to explore some of these things because I think it's a topic that. That doesn't come up very often, and and you know I've spoken to other coaches on on this podcast, but it's something I'm keen to let people know in a way that it's okay to talk about this stuff because you know I was in business a long, long time and didn't realise that I could actually speak to anybody else about the good stuff and the bad stuff and the confusing stuff. I just literally didn't realise because I didn't want to trouble my wife and family with it. I mean. You know, my daughter was is is quite young, and she might smile and nod politely, but she's not going to say <laughs> it's not going to be terribly interesting. Hey, sorry for interrupting, but we've got something neat for you. If you want to put some of the things you've heard in the podcast into action, we've created a free workbook for you. It's called Build Your Digital Marketing Battle Plan, and you can download it for free at internetmarketingforhumans.com forward slash battle plan and that battle plan's all one word so internetmarketingforhumans.com forward slash battle plan for your free workbook to take you through seven simple steps to get your digital marketing up to speed and ready for action okay back to the show cheers now obviously any any guest who i'm privileged enough to to have on this podcast i one of the things i always go and do is and see what they've been is to see what they've been talking about and i normally go really deep i like like to kind of find out as much as i can but i got distracted very early on in that process with you costas um for one thing it's it's the curious why pardon Curious why? <laughs> You're curious why? Well, for one thing, we're yeah. both metalheads, and I was distracted by your your mm. music, so that, that's one thing. Now, the the thing that that stopped me in my tracks was a blog post that you only actually published a couple of days ago. So, after we booked this this recording, and it's a blog post where you talk about the difference between motivation and commitment. 
So could you could you tell us a little bit more about about what you cover? Oh, first of all, where can people find the the, pod, um, the blog post? Where where can they where can they go to read it? Yeah, so people can read it. Um, it's very very simple at costofthecoach.com. That is my um, website where all my blog posts are, and I've been writing weekly uh, blogs there for well, at least the past year. Um, and um, as for your question, I mean, it's a big thing for me, this whole idea of motivation. You know, it's quite big in our society, isn't it? Come on, be motivated to, to wake up early and to run in the mornings and to do things and to achieve your goals. So this whole sort of emphasis in our culture, perhaps, on, on motivation, on, on being motivated to do things. And um, as many others have uh, quite rightfully pointed out, for instance, James Clear in his excellent book, Atomic uh, Habits, Motivation is a little bit overrated, I think, in our in our culture, because really you can think about the things that you do on a day to day basis. You go to work, you don't necessarily need to be motivated, right? You go to work anyway, whether <laughs> you're motivated or not. And they say very often you will not be motivated, and that's absolutely fine. And likewise, you know, uh, sometimes if you decide that I'm going to cook from scratch because it's healthier, you're going to do it even if you don't feel like it or if you if you're not uh, motivated. And, and I guess this is the main message of the latest blog post that I wrote in that really, I mean, instead of focusing on motivation, just focus on, on your commitment. And that commitment comes from the stuff I discussed um, earlier about the higher purpose of why you're doing what you're doing, you know, your values, the way you see things. Uh, because if you're clear about why you're doing what you're doing, for instance, uh, when you say to yourself, okay, I want to wake up every morning and do and, and do some yoga. I'm just giving an example here of something that a lot mm-hmm. of people would like to do, maybe 10 minutes yoga or meditation or whatever. Uh, okay, but ask yourself, why do you want to do this yoga meditation? Well, because I want to be focused and I want to, to start the day in a good mood and it's good for my health. And and why, if you keep asking why, well, it's because when I'm, you know, when my health is good and I feel good about myself and the people around me uh, see that I feel good and they're also really good to me. Um, and I also want to uh, to live long so I can see my grandchildren grow up, whatever, just giving some ideas here, some of the things that people are saying. And um, so if you start thinking of the reason why you're doing what you're doing, then you start realizing how important it is for you in the first place, why you're doing it. And when you can connect with that, purpose and, and with your values and it's much easier to to commit to make a commitment say you know what i'm gonna do this 10 minutes every day whether i feel like it or not doesn't matter if i'm motivated or not um and, and again going back to james clear and the atomic habits and he gives some really good um examples there what he calls stacking habits you know when you have uh, when you want to develop a good habit like with i'm um, doing 10 minutes meditation in the morning then think of something you're doing every single morning anyway and just stack it uh, mm. to, to that particular habit that you already have. Like, for instance, if you say like, well, in the morning, sort of I, um, so I wake up and I, and I sort of hit the snooze button and I, and I, um, and, and then I just lie down for another 10 minutes and then I wake up, you know, after the, the second time the alarm rings. Well, if you say to yourself, okay, in the morning I wake up, when I hit the snooze button, then I get up and then I do my 10 minute meditation until the alarm goes then that you can you can see how you easily you can develop a new habit on that right because you're doing that anyway you hit the snooze button so all you're doing you're adding one more layer okay and then i'm gonna do the 10 minute meditation and in the beginning it's a bit of a you know a chore and a bit of a uh, you know you're not particularly motivated but after a period of time you do you start feeling better about yourself it becomes a habit doesn't it things like that become a habit and then eventually you 
um, you end up doing it anyway. Or you say uh, every morning while I'm preparing my, uh, like a friend of mine has told me in a, in a recent interview that I did for my um, for my own um, podcast, uh, not podcast, something, <laughs> podcast is coming up because he told me how to do it, my own <laughs> Facebook group, I mean. Um, so she, she, she was saying whenever she puts a kettle on, this sort of minute or two minutes, whatever it takes, she showed me how she does a stretching exercise over the table while the, the kettle is, is um, boiling. Now, that's another great example, isn't it, of a habit that you can do. If you want to do your exercise every day and you don't have the time to go out and do your running and everything, if you do this stretching every time the kettle bur- uh, burns, well, uh, boils, well, three times a day or whatever it is, two minutes each, that's already six minutes there that you have done exercise, which you wouldn't have done otherwise. And that's how habits develop. So, yeah, going back to the initial question, I think this whole um, idea of... Um, Aligning the big thing, as I mentioned earlier, with the, you know your values and your vision and, and why you're doing what you're doing with your day-to-day action, that's what creates a good habit eventually. That's what will create the, the correct, the, the right actions that will lead you to, to where you need to be to make you happier and more fulfilled. Yeah, so it's, it's, so commitment lasts, or commitment leads to habit, and both commitment and habit last longer than motivation, or do they... Do they support motivation they they nurture it encourage it or do they they probably yes they probably do they support motivation and nurture it um but i guess what i'm saying is that even without you being motivated you you're doing the things you have decided are important uh, for you anyway you know just give you the example of the blog post that i'm you know i'm writing on on, uh, on my blog every week at uh, com. Well, every Saturday. In the beginning, I, I really had to think really hard, you know, because I wasn't used to writing on a weekly basis a blog post. Um, and I couldn't think of topics to write. And I wasn't motivated and I wasn't really, uh, you know, always in the mood because it's Saturday, you know, and I want to go uh, do something else instead or sometimes Sunday and I still haven't written. And I definitely need to write it today because it's always published always published on a Monday morning. Um, so, um, you know, but it became a habit with time because I decided for myself it's really important for me. I want to be doing it. Uh, first of all, just to, to share my thoughts about the things that, you know, experience I have with my clients and my own personal experience that I think can help others. And secondly, because I actually w- always wanted to be a writer. So um, another thing that is important, I guess, is, um, you know, if you can confirm your identity, then it's easier to, to do that habit. So if you say, I want to be a writer, okay, so what does a writer do? Well, a writer writes, <laughs> okay, so wh- when you know that and when you understand that, it means that every Saturday you say to yourself, I'm a writer, what does a writer do? I write, so I sit down and I write my blog post. And then after a while, you know, it, it becomes a habit. Nowadays, I don't actually think about it. Uh, the topics come automatically because there's plenty of things, of course, from my day-to-day lives uh, to pick out from and from experience. And I just sit down and write. I mean, I don't even think um, about, okay, I need to make time to, to write a blog post. I will either do it, um, you know, sometimes just waiting, uh, I don't know, <laughs> waiting for my wife to 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 uh, for the to to finish the you know the cook and uh, the, the the food and to and to serve it uh, or uh, sort of just before going to the sh- to do some shopping or just sitting on the sofa with the cats on me I'm quickly making the notes for my blog post uh, on my phone before I transcribe them and onto my um, WordPress so you know things like that they they become an automatic habit eventually then you don't think about them you just do them so I'm seeing I'm sort of seeing a rough link here between. CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy. So my rough understanding of that, and and I've used it, is that each time 
a thought triggers you you have something to counter not to counter that thought but to go alongside that thought and and that becomes a habit of thought so i can see that habits physical habits so if it is something like stretching or whatever if you have a trigger that causes that i'm sort of seeing a link or am i, am I making something up crazy here between no, cbt no. cognitive behavior therapy and, and what you're talking about no, I think you're absolutely right. And those are principles. There are scientific principles and cognitive behavioral therapy at the end of the day is a very sort of scientific uh, therapeutic method in the sense that it's actually based on, on evidence. It's very evidence-based. Mm. Um, and what I'm talking about is very evidence-based. There's plenty of research about that. You can find out about how to best form habits. Uh, James Clear in his book, I keep mentioning, but it's, a, it's such an important book if, if, for those who haven't read it yet. Atomic Habits, I would uh, strongly recommend it. He kind of cites that evidence as well. Um, yeah, so there is that idea of commitment. It, it, it is it is a thing, you know. <laughs> it is a thing. Um, and it is being developed um, in, in different ways by, for instance, by making our environment more um, appealing for the things that we want to achieve. Um, that is much more important than motivation because if, you know, if you set your environment right, just give an example as a musician, I used to have my keyboard somewhere in the corner and with all sorts of stuff on it. And uh, occasionally I would just go and pile uh, and put the pile, take the piles of my keyboard and then take off the covering and then connect to the computer and then put the speakers on. And, uh, and like that, I was playing once a month, maybe, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I wasn't motivated to play because my environment was not set up in such a way to make it appealing. So. Yeah. And I changed that. So I put my keyboard right visibly. So as we speak now, it's here. I can see it the whole time while I work and uh, while I sit on my computer. So when I finish, there you are. There's your guitar. Yes, the same thing. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry for, so for the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a guitar next to both my desks, my home desk and this desk. Sorry, it's cost us. <laughs> Carry on. Exactly, exactly. But, but you, you get exactly what I'm talking uh, about then because... Um, all I have to do now is, I mean, it's there the whole time, so reminder. And all I have to do is take off. I still have a cover because I don't like the dust to get on, <laughs> on my keyboard. But all I have to do is take the cover off and put, switch it on. It's already connected to my computer. And off I go, I start playing, you know. Um, and it has made it much more appealing. And I say to myself the same thing. What is my identity? I'm a musician. What does a musician do? They play music. Okay, so I want to play every single day, not once a month. So now I'm playing pretty much every single day because it's there as a visible reminder. So, and, and I guess in many ways, what you spoke about the cognitive behavior uh, therapy, it, it kind of uses the same, the same principles, really, the principles of, okay, just use, just use your environment, just use your, uh, you know, the way the mind works in, in order to create the right habits and the right sort of ways of, um, of thinking and doing things so that you, you end up doing what you want to be doing in the first place rather than this sort of behavior or thinking that leads you astray from what you want to achieve really cool uh, i will include a link to or to your, your blog and and also to atomic habits because it's it's for me it's a, it's kind of a part of a core of maybe five or six books that i will always recommend to everybody i mean the, the revelation for me when i was reading it is um i used to smoke i used to be a smoker i used to be addicted to tobacco mm. And I realized if it's that easy to pick up bad habits, then I can't see any reason why it's not that easy to pick up good habits. And I just kind of went, oh, I haven't smoked you know, habitually for many, many years. But I just kind of thought even odd things like habits like, oh, I don't watch television, but 
you know, oh, people, if people like really like EastEnders, I can't think of any other TV programs. But that, that, that's a habit, and and it it's not a bad one if you like EastEnders. Yeah. I suppose it's it's yeah. kind of a good habit. But you can mm -hmm. get other good habits like breakfast. Breakfast is a habit almost everybody has, and if you were yeah. to stop that activity, it would feel a bit weird. So positive habits, I mm -hmm. think, for me personally, if if I stop them for any reason or break the routine, it feels weird and it feels a bit like something's missing. Yeah. And that's when I realise it's it's embedded in properly and, it, and it's it's really helpful. Um, Absolutely, yes. And I have an example of that from psycho uh, psychological research as well that tells you a little bit more about how quickly we can adopt new ways of doing things, including new habits. And, and I don't know if you heard of that, but there was um, some time ago they did that experiment where they gave people this sort of specially made glasses if you like well basically they they turned everything upside oh, down yeah, right yeah. So they, and they and if you if you can recall that from psychological research so they had um, these glasses that they had to wear as part of the experiment for a whole week i think it was mm -hmm. something like that where basically turned the world upside down so <laughs> everything was literally upside down and and of course in the beginning what they were doing they were stumbling they were falling they were going against the walls whatever you know because we're not used to looking at the world upside down well, after a week, I mean, basically by the end of the week, the, this situation was so normalized, so looking at everything upside down, that basically, you know, they could just go about and do pretty much everything they were doing before. Mm. And just like, uh, they completely assimilated the upside down world in their day-to-day -day life. They took off the glasses after um, a week, and then it took them several ways to adjust to things being normal again because yes, the brain driving so... cars or anything during this time. <laughs> yes, well, that's a good question. I didn't actually <laughs> look at the details of the of the study, but basically, even you know, after a week, the, the habits that were developed and sort of the new way of the of the mind, the brain had adjusted so much in that new situation that even even going back to the normal world, it took a few days to mm. to just readjust. Again, and what I'm I'm trying to say is how quickly it is actually much quicker than we realize to adopt new ways of of doing things, even though it seems impossible sometimes. And because we say, I think the mistake we're often making is we are thinking that the past is causing the future. You know, so well I've done this for twenty years, so there's no way I can change it now. But the past is the past. You know, if you start changing something today, tomorrow you're gonna have a different outcome. And sometimes it's so much easier. Uh, for things to, to, to change than, than people realize. All they have to do is focus. And as I said, they really have a good reason, a purpose why they're doing what they're doing. If you want to change a habit, you better have a good purpose, a good reason why you want to do it. Otherwise, you keep watching your standards, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Quite. So if that's the only thing you're doing, then yeah, you, you may need some more positive hab habits in your life. Okay, so um, we talked earlier about... Um, I was talking about kind of support for kind of people who are business for a long time. And I'm quite interested to know if people come to you and they say, look, you know, I've been doing the same job for the, for the same time and I'm just bored. I mean, is that something that kind of pops up? I'm trying to think of questions that I don't see written about very much in other mm -hmm. places. Do you get bored people yeah. come to you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, all sorts, of course. Yeah. Sometimes people are bored. I mean, when they say bored, I've, I've I usually like to unpick that a little mm. bit, you know, what board to tell me a bit more about it, specifically, you know, how does that manifest in your day-to-day -day life, that boredom? Do you feel stressed or anxious because you feel you should be doing something? Or do you like a challenge? Is that the actual problem? Uh, or is it something else? It's always good to listen to people and understand where it's coming from. 
boredom is not a bad thing, I think, necessarily. Boredom leads to to good habits, for instance. Wow. Uh, just to give an example, because yeah, because if we are bored, you know, and, and that actually can help us. Talking of motivation, that actually can help us to motivate to to do something, uh, because we don't want to be bored, right? So, not necessarily a bad thing, I would say in itself. Um, I'm just trying to think for my own class. Yes, um, I, I can think one, not necessarily. Um, directly related to running a business. It was more for her day-to-day uh, lives and she wanted to lose weight and, and all, more like to do with a physical sort mm-hmm. of uh, condition and that side of things. And, um, and yeah, she was bored, I think. That, that was part of the uh, of the issue. She was just like, she was lacking some excitement, some, uh, you know, challenge in her life. And, and that kind of sometimes manifests in, in bad habits being developed, isn't it? Like... Uh, binge eating or uh, just watching too much TV or just not doing the right thing in general. So um, again, in itself, it was the motivation for her to change that feeling of boredom, something is lacking, something is missing. Uh, but again, you have to uh, qualify to, un- to ask the person and, and to be really clear, okay, what do you, when you say bored, what do you mean? You know, um, we all get bored in our day-to-day lives. There's nothing wrong with being bored. The question is how specifically does it impede your life? How does it make unhappy if it does? Um, and then you 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 know what uh, you know what needs to be done to take that boredom away and to replace it with excitement, right? Excellent, I like that a lot. Okay, Costas, um, we've been talking for quite a long time, which I think is is always a good sign when when we have a guest on here. But our time is more or less up, so I was going to ask you for something, a piece of insight that listeners can take away and ponder. Now, I normally ask for a tip or a hint or a fact, but I don't think our conversation really fits that. So what, what I'd like to, like to ask if you can give our listeners something that they can just mull on, they can just sit down and just think about. Yeah. Something that I always say to people is just listen to your inner voice, you know, and it might sound like a cliche, but it is a cliche because it's so important because it's something... Clichés can be true. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yes, that's part of a cliche. It's something that has been uh, repeated a lot, but there's a reason why it's repeated a lot. Um, and I find it always, so many people out there are someone who helps you to achieve freedom in your life at the end of the day. That's one of the things that I feel, um, uh, you know, is, is the things that I'm uh, I'm doing with uh, solopreneurs. Um, you know, sometimes this whole... Um, uh, this whole idea sort of, of um, you have to listen to what others are saying and telling you what to do and, and, and maybe like they know better because they are experts or they know this or they know that can lead you too, too far astray from your personal freedom. You know, it can lead you too much to being reactive rather than actually following mm-hmm. your instincts. And, and I'm not saying that following your instincts is necessarily right because you are going to make mistakes and sometimes probably better <laughs> listen to some advice as well if someone knows what they're talking about. But at the end of the day, what I'm seeing more often than not is too often people just being trapped in this whole idea. Um, I have to do things in such a way because I've been told or I have been conditioned to do that, etc. And just really just take a step back sometimes and just think for yourself, what do you really want to do in your life? Because it's not as impossible as you think. You know, it's something um, that if you speak to the right person, I mean, if you feel you need some help, sometimes you can discuss with your friends or family or whatever, or read a nice self-help book. But the bottom line is, it's actually not as difficult as people sometimes make it out to be to follow your dreams, to do the things that you love doing. And I love to help people realize their dreams. You know, at the end of the day, we all have a limited time on this earth and we just want to make the best of it, to have a great time. 
And yes, we lives are dreams going where we want to be going. What you don't want is to be at the end of your life and thinking, you know what, um, I could have done this and that, but instead I listened to some wise advice. But actually thinking of it, I wish I had, <laughs> I had done the things anyway and made the mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. And, and that's part of, uh, of it as well. Listen to your voice, but also allow yourself to make mistakes. As long as you learn from them, um, life will go on. I think that that's a wonderful note to to end on. I very much appreciate your time, Costas. Um, so I'll put links to your website and your LinkedIn profile as well in the show notes. So it only remains for me to say, well, thank you once again for coming to uh, coming to speak to me. And I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Would you like to say goodbye to everyone? Yes, I would love to ask a fellow human. So uh, goodbye, everyone. I just want to say thank you very much as well, Andrew, for this, um, you know, very uh, keep doing what you're doing with the podcast and for the very interesting and challenging questions. I really enjoyed the conversation today. You're very kind. And I'm, I'm going to get the last word in here. Keep an eye out for Costas's um, own podcast. It's coming soon. And I think if you've listened through to this part of my episode of this episode you can tell it's going to be very very interesting okay then see you later